Come on. The strong and powerful Jonathan Hung is here on Lifeblood Create. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much, George. Excited to have you. Jonathan is a transformative Los Angeles angel investor. He's a venture, venture capitalist partner who believes in a bright future for businesses seeking to broaden their horizons in North America as well as Asia. Jonathan, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, for my background, you know, my, my father was very entrepreneurial. Uh, he had his own uh, contract manufacturing clothing company called uh, United Overseas Textile Corporation, uh, Barrage. And I actually still technically kind of work there. You know, it's, it's the family office now. But uh, since 2012 till around the end of 2020, COVID, <laughs> or not the end of COVID, but in 2020, we made clothing uh, in Asia and sold to people here, uh, really from Costco to Amazon, the Bird and the Co factory, you know, basically you tell me what you're in, you want and I'll make it, uh, through our factories in China. So it was an amazing experience. Um, at the same time around 2012, when I came back home to take over the family business with my dad working side by side, I wanted to get into venture capital and really not venture capital in terms of funds, but like as an angel investor. I heard something about Silicon Beach and it got me intrigued. And, you know, my first investment ever, it made money in 10 months, which is unheard of, you know, really in venture. And it got, it, you know, got the bug. And I've been doing it ever since. Uh, probably done over 80 deals uh, since 2012. I'm an LP in 25 different funds, not including my own. And in around 2018, I started uh, doing my own fund called Unicorn Venture Partners with two close friends. Uh, we've built up a little nice track record, and right now I'm in the midst of two things, launching a startup that I'm a co-founder of called Kitchen Data Systems and really getting ready for a new fund called East West Ventures with my partner, Jason Ma. And in your spare time, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I... My spare time, you know what I do? I, what I love is like, I go to games. I'm a Laker fan, you know, I love the Dodgers. You know, I was just this weekend, I was just at a preseason game for the Chargers and the Rams. So I got tickets to everything. <laughs> nice. I love it. So you've got, uh, obviously, super practical business experience and not just business experience in the United States, but doing business in China and business in the United States and and now having worked with hundreds of, of companies and and you also have a very, very impressive educational background as well. How do you think about, do, do, do you think that, that one is more valuable? Or, or are they just extremely complementary? Um, it's funny, you know, uh, you know, when I, when I go on dates, you know, they're like, well, boy, you sure love school. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to med school. If you want to be a lawyer, go to, got to go to law school. Right? like, there isn't a school for venture capital or just being an entrepreneur. It's, it's taking all these great experiences and rolling them up into one. I think every opportunity I've had and every like degree I've gotten has helped me become the better investor and really better person that I am today. And I see things a little bit more clearly. Like, you know, in, in the beginning, I was really like objective, right? And now I'm just like, no, I can't be objective, especially if I'm going to be running a fund and having fiduciary responsibility. I have to be subjective. I have to know what works and what my investment philosophy is and, you know, build towards it. Because it can't be like, oh, I look at every company uh, with, you know, eyes wide open and not 
like you know have any of my experiences coming. You, you you basically I get paid for my experiences. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Everybody says, well, you need to be objective about your decision making. When in fact, that's that's not the case. When you're doing what you're doing, you need to be extremely subjective and draw from every possible experience and all the different resources that you possibly can have in order to make good investment decisions. And as those words leave my mouth, when I say good investment decisions, is 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 that how you think about it? How 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 do you think about? I'm I'm curious about your criteria, and then I guess how how you yeah. view a successful investment. Yeah, you when you when I make an investment, it's like it's the best decision I can make with the information I'm given. You know, when I was at MIT, I had a professor there named Dr. Jonathan Burns, and he had a great book. You know, and one of the lessons in his book was just about seventy percent this rule of 70%. And I think even Jeff Bezos lives by this rule. It's like, you you can't get 100% accuracy. Like, you want to get the Six Sigma, like, confidence in a decision? There's just no way, you know, and in whatever you do in life. So if I get enough, like, you know, 60 to 70% of the information to make a confident decision, you hey, you have to fire that rocket, you know? You have to shoot your shot. You know, you got to take that bet. If you have those odds in Vegas, you have to bet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you have 70 percent chance of knowing what's going to happen. So when I look at investment decisions, I see four criteria. For me, it's who's the team, because I'm investing in C stage investing. Right. And, and, and little series A as well. But really, it's C stage that gets me to the series A. And I'm betting on the team, not even necessarily the idea. And I learned that lesson the hard way in my almost 10 years of investing. It's because, like, you know, I turned down this company uh, because, you know, I didn't love the idea. But it was about buying and selling stocks every day and get like a fantasy game and getting a scoreboard, you know? And I was like, gee, this is a high valuation. Who would want to invest in this company? You know, it's just, I was used to be a financial advisor. So I took my biases in there. Like, listen, even financial stock brokers won't play this game. <laughs> and, you know, and I was thinking to myself, why is, this, why is this company called Robinhood? And so, you know, I turned Funny. out Robinhood at $20 million. You know, and my mistake then was I didn't focus on the team. <laughs> I should understand because look at who the guys are. They're still there. They're still co-CEOs. You know, they had some failures and they were able to pivot and get to where they had to get. And that was that's the first thing I look at now. It's not just the idea, but who the team is most important. The second thing I look at then, like, yeah, is it some sort of IP or, you know, idea that's a little unique or different or how can we get market share? And then three or four kind of combined, you look at revenue and customer growth. I don't need you to get to like, you know, million dollars in sales after month one, but I got to see the trajectory. I got to see how you're growing. And sometimes maybe you're not getting the revenue growth, but you're getting the customer growth. Like look at LinkedIn, LinkedIn or even Facebook. They weren't making money in the first five years, you know, but the amount of users they had grew tremendously day by day, week by week. So those are the things, four things that I really look at when I make a decision, you know, and then you dig in on due diligence questions after. Nice. I appreciate all that. So you've been you've been at this space now for 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 how many years? Like doing actual investment? Investment starting in two thousand and twelve for venture and angel investing. Two thousand seven. I used that's when I started as a financial advisor. Nice. When I was a mortgage family. Okay. And how 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 has how has that changed over this now, you know, however many years that's been, thirteen, fourteen years? Are yeah. are people coming to mm-hmm. you? way more sophisticated? Is it about the same? Do they do they have their ducks together more? 
you know what? It all depends. Like literally before this call with you right now, um, I had a thing for MIT, Delta V. I sit on the board there, you know, and I, I, I just give my time to talk about like MIT alumni, current students who have an idea. And they go through this great program called Delta V and talk about competitive advantage or product market fit or like, are they economically have a sustainable venture? And listen, that's a really true pre-seed. You know, it's almost like an education experience than it is like an investing experience, you know, for them to give me advice. So I always tell them like, hey, I'm coming at this from both sides. I'm going to give you what the investment investor thinks and also what like, you know, from like a, from an educational perspective as well. So I'll see deals who are truly like pre-seed, like, you know, they don't have a product at all you know or they're worth like you know we're say we're we're we're, we're, we're i think we're worth three million like you know there's no justification and then i'll look at deals where you know they're already well a unicorn you know they're already at like 1.8 billion valuation like do you think this is worth your time to put in right now and, and those are different hats you put on right because like it's i think in the beginning it's more art than it is science right because when you when you get to a series b like you're pretty much there. You have product market fit. You just need more money to grow into different cities or different, you know, geographic locations or add more to R and D or add more to your sales team. But when you're like, you know, it's just you and your co-founder and a couple of people, you know, trying to get going, like you really have to see like, does this team have enough grit or relentlessness to get to the next round? Because my job, I always tell people like, I'm a series seed and series A investor. I'm just like in high school. I'm just trying to make sure you get through high school. And then when you get your series A and series B, man, that's you getting, you know, you're in college. And I, I like, listen, I, I'm not your advisor anymore, right? Like, that's the next round. There's your professor that Andreessen or, <laughs> or sure. Sequoia or Lightspeed or wherever, right, that are going to teach you and tell you what to do. If I'm good at helping you get to, like, maybe a million in revenue, maybe even 10 million. But after that, it's the next round of people. And you see that when you invest in companies, too, because, like, it takes a, it's, it's not always the one CEO that gets you from beginning to the end. You know, it takes a different type of team as you grow to come in when you go from zero to 100,000 sales or 100,000 to a million or 10 million up to 100 million sales. It's like you keep adding to your team. Nice. Well, that certainly makes sense. So to to, to, to go back to that, um, the, the, the criteria with the, the, with the primary number one being the team and having the right people mm -hmm. that, 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 that have that have that grit and they're relentless and all those things for somebody who's listening and they yeah. say, you know, I've got this idea, but how, how do you, Jonathan, how do you know that? I honestly, I don't know. And if anybody tells you they do know, they're lying. <laughs> they're cheap. I, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm a gambler, you know, I go to yeah. Vegas, you know, I'm going this weekend, you know, <laughs> with some friends and like, and especially Steve, uh, my other business partner out there, but really like you're making the best educated guess. Like when I went to Morgan Stanley and UBS working, you know, after I, I finished like one of my, uh, the degrees at London school of economics, I thought like, Oh man, I'm going to learn how to invest now. And guess what? Just because you work at Morgan Stanley, that doesn't mean you know you, they're going to teach you. Sure. You got to do the work yourself. You know, I mean, like you're not a better investor because you work for a company you know, that has this prestige. You have to bring your own brand and your own prestige to it. And for me, it's like, I'm constantly learning. Every day, you know, I have all these emails that I get from all these, uh, you know, newsletters I sign up with, like understanding, oh, look at that, look at this. I mean, it's almost at times like, oh yeah, that's a company I passed on. <laughs> or, right. oh, whoa, I didn't pass on this. Well, good, they're making money. You know, just you gotta always be learning. 
is the key. And you keep finding really the best team you can to surround yourself with. I'm only as good as the people I'm with, who I work with. Because I always like to joke, like, hey, I'm like a zombie. You know, when I get when I get all the experience or these schools, like, I'm looking for the big, biggest, juiciest brains out there. Because I know I don't have the, enough myself. And it's not just Steve Jobs or Elon Musk that create Apple and Tesla. It's the team that they form around them to help them grow. It's just as important. Yeah, for sure. So for somebody who's listening and, and, and they are entrepreneurial in nature and they've got an idea but they want to be able to, and, and 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 they theoretically speaking check those boxes. They've they've they have a history of success. They are gritty. They have mental toughness. They're emotionally strong. How do you? How would you counsel them to be able to represent that to a would be investor instead of saying yes, I am I am a tough person. I'll be able to go through tough times. How do they how do they show that instead of telling? You know what? It's it's. Like, you know, showing up is part of it. Honestly, it's the funny thing, like how you respond back to investors. How do you get like information back? It's so crucial because like part of success is just being there. It's literally being on time. It's not that you're late. It's not like, oh, it's like, oh, I work from nine to five and that's it. Like, no, it's like, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, like when, when I tell entrepreneurs, like, listen, especially if you have kids or you're married or you're in a relationship, like you better have a good, solid support system with you. You know, because it is a grind. It is a grind until, like, you exit or until you get to that point of success where, like, oh, you have enough time to, you know, allocate to other, you know, things you want to do with your life. But really, what, what you have to show is, like, listen, you've done the research. You've done the homework. And then now you need me to help you give you some money to help make that go to fruition. Like, I, I've sometimes, like, you know, I've been impressed by, like, someone's, like, background. You know, and guess what? That that blew up in my face. It would have been more impressive if I saw how they worked. Like, you got to go interview the customers or, or interview, like, people they've worked with and see what they think, you know, and, like, how, how responsive is this person? You know, it, those things really matter more than, like, how, how bright someone is or all they went to Harvard or Stanford. That doesn't mean as much to me because, really, like, you can't – it's about outworking someone. I think that's great. Like, you know, I remember like Travis Kalanick had this uh, quote with like, um, you know, fear is the disease and hustle is the antidote. And it's not that I love everything about Travis, but like, it's true. It's like, sometimes it is just outworking somebody getting to market first, because it's not like Facebook was the first social media platform, you know, or Google's first search engine. You know, it's about like finding people and helping get there faster and quicker. You know, like sometimes, yes, it's having, opportunities because oh you're connected to this person you have some money but that only gets you so far it only gets you so far it, it really depends on who you surround yourself with and how you interact and how you re react like I, I always remember some entrepreneurs of mine were like hey they were so like they never changed you know when they had no money versus after they raised like 20 million they're the same person and you see that as, as you work with them you know not necessarily day to day but like depending on their communication, it could be, you know, weekly or monthly at first. And then they grow from that. And it's like, yep, this is the person who's going to lead this company to the next round of funding. Fear is the disease. Hustle is the antidote. I, 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 I love it. I think that, uh, there is a, there's probably no, well, there's, is, is there a substitute for hard work? 
luck. Right? I'd be like, hey, if you hit that spot, you see that jackpot, right? Like, hey, you bought that lottery ticket. Hey, you know, you know that that was hard work. <laughs> but outside of that, usually most success is based on hard work. <laughs> so hard work. And you can't win if you don't play. So you got you just got to show up. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> I love exactly. It. Yeah. Showing up. It, absolutely. Well, Jonathan, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, from my perspective, it's branding. Now, it's not like, oh, just do it like Nike or, you know, like I'm loving it like McDonald's. It's like when people know who you are, who, who, who understand what your brand is, that's really important. It's how you stand out. It's not that like, oh, it could be like, hey, I went to Harvard or I went to Stanford or I went to work at Google or worked at, at Facebook or like, you know, I'm an expert at food tech. It's, it's what, what is your brand? What do people come to you for? You know, if you're just great at a lot of things, like, you know, well, or just mediocre and not like you'll stand out on one thing, it doesn't matter, right? Like for investors, they want to like be able to say like, I made this investment because of these couple of things. That about this person's brand or this company's brand stood out because of these things. That I think is so important. That's how you can be really different, differentiate yourself from other people. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets. Come on, come on, Jonathan. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, um, you could just uh, Google my name, Jonathan Hung, or go to jonathanhung.com or find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, there's ways of contacting me through emails and just messages you can send. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jonathan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Google Jonathan Hung or go to jonathanhung.com. That's J O N A T H A N H U N G.com. Check out everything that Jonathan's working on. Get in touch. Thanks again, Jonathan. Thank you, George. It was a pleasure. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.